love riding my bike. I love running. I don't care what they think about it. I love it. At that point, when I knew I was going to win, chills just went up and down my entire body. I don't believe there are any good or bad foods. Food is food. I still feel so passionate about getting that record that I'm like, I'm just going to do it. As an athlete, I was like, what's my story or what's your story? What can you learn from it? And what can you teach people? Welcome to the Iron Women Podcast. I'm Alyssa Gadeski here with my co-host, Haley Chura. Haley, we have been chatting a little bit. We had an interview beforehand, and I think it was like, it was funny to watch you operate a little, a couple of the times, because you're like, oh my gosh, sorry. I don't even know what day it is. I don't even know what month it is. I am just in my Kona bubble, training away as you should be. And how are you feeling, Haley? That's like the main question I have to ask is, How's the, how's the bubble? Like what, what's life like in there? It's, it's really good. It's September, Alyssa. I actually am just like on cloud nine in my Kona training bubble. And I do think I, I am purposefully in a bubble because I do think that in order to do something this hard, um, for me, you know, what I, what I kind of expect for myself and the position I want to put myself on that start line in Kona, I, I need to believe that there's like nothing else going on in the world. And it's a very selfish endeavor. I recognize that it's also temporary. It's just, you know, another month or so. And I think that it's going, it's, it's how it works best for me. And, and that's to not know what else is going on in the world, but also, I mean, I, I like, I check social media. I know what else is going on in the world a little bit. Um, I heard about the mud at Burning Man. (laughs) I, um, I, I do think, I need to believe I'm not missing out on anything. And I think that's something I've done in the past poorly where I was like, oh, you know, uh, you know, I've, I've truly like never wanted to like go float the Yellowstone river before, but all these people are floating the Yellowstone river. What if I should be doing that? You know, I'm missing out on these great Montana adventures or hiking or that kind of thing. And, um, I just like try to avoid that because I do think, I, I don't, I don't want those things more than I want to put myself on the start line in Hawaii, knowing I did everything I could to have the best day possible there. And I know that's a big risk because it might not happen. I might not have a great day because that's how Ironman is, but I want to know I gave myself that opportunity. And that's something that I've just decided I really want for myself this year. And so that is the bubble I'm living in. I I don't know. Yeah. The day, the time, everything. I know it's September now. And I, I do know that Kona's in a month, which is wild, wild to think about. I feel like it's so soon, but also I feel like it's just enough time that I can like level up my training a little bit more. And I'm, I'm excited that for that mindset, that believing that I can, I can actually get a little bit better between now and then. Yeah. I'm excited for you. I think you can just tell a lot, but you know, when someone is feeling good and like relaxed, but still focused and all of that, and you are checking all the boxes and it's good it's just, yeah, it's good to see you in that space. And I'm wishing that the bubble stays secure here for those next few weeks so that you can get in some some good training, I hope. I mean, we're having like this weird kind of endless summer here in Vermont right now. We have another week of like pretty summery temperatures. I don't know, maybe you'll be getting some of that in Bozeman and can kind of just enjoy. I mean, I know you are like me, you like your home routine, you like that space for your training. So hopefully it's it's treating you well and, and giving you some good training conditions for this last little push here. 
Yes, today is actually like 50 degrees and rainy, but that's fine. You know, I'm I'm a good uh, It's podcasting day. That's okay. Yeah. Podcasting day. Um I also uh but we've had some really I mean we've had a very nice summer. I will say our summer has been a little bit on the cooler side, which is like wonderful for life enjoyment. Not the best for Kona prep, but I'm also, I have some plans. I have some plans. I'm loving the routine. My training has been amazing. Um, should we bring back Kona workout of the week? I mean, can I brag about some of my training? Let's do it. Yes. Because I, Haley, I have to say, I, since I talked to you last week, have not really been able to do much of it. I had a lot of like hopes and dreams of being like, Oh, I have like 10 days until knee surgery. I'm just going to like go on all my favorite hikes and take the dogs places and do all of these things. You know, it was like one last hurrah. And then, um, I started trying to walk on my knee after water and Haley, it was not going well. Like, I mean, I really have been quite limited in my mobility, um, to do things. And so, I am still able to swim, although honestly, like not even as good as I was able to going into the race, like the kicking's now bothering it, pushing off the walls really bothersome and stuff like that. So I've kind of just been like washing my car and like baking and doing a lot of normal people activities, which is not, I mean, I feel like I have six to eight weeks of that ahead of me anyway. So I wasn't really hoping to like add one more week of that, but I don't tell me about your normal people activities. I need to believe that a dirty car is a great car. (laughs) It's, I mean, when you have a white car too, it's like, I mean, it's one of the most fulfilling things to like hand wash a car and like see the white car returned when you live somewhere where like dirt grime and stuff from, I mean, I haven't washed it since winter. So it's to have like winter stuff on it. So, um, you guys can imagine how amazing that was to go back to that car. But anyway, the, I am like the opposite of you. I am constantly looking at what other people doing are doing. And, you know, I feel like it's fine. I feel good about it because I'm able to live vicariously through, um, people doing exciting things that involve two working legs. And so Haley, yes, tell me your Kona workout of the week and let me live vicariously through this. Yeah. Well, I, I, okay. I mean, it's hard to pick just one. And so I'm going with uh, basically what what, what we always do when we pick race um, race picks and we're picking more than one. So, um, but I think that sometimes the important thing with Ironman or endurance training isn't a single session. It's the context. And so like stacking big sessions together. And so the other weekend I, I had a big bike weekend and I... Uh, went into it on, on Saturday, I did an interval ride. So I think it was about five hours of total ride time. And within that I did four by 30 minutes of Ironman effort type intervals. And so, um, and I just felt really good. I was, um, I, it was, it felt like controlled like an Ironman should feel, which sometimes I can do stuff at Ironman effort. And and I do use a power meter. I use a heart rate monitor. So I'm looking at metrics and, um, I'm probably trying to hold around 200 Watts on those. And, uh, sometimes that's very, very hard for me, like very hard. And it's just like, Oh goodness. I don't know if I could do this for 112 miles, but I don't have to do that today. So let's just, you know, go with it. And this was a ride where I'm like, huh, I feel like I could do that for 112 miles. So, um, I enjoy those days. They don't always come. And, you know, sometimes it's worth pushing through the other ones, but, uh, I ended up doing about 85 miles that day. So it was a solid, solid day in the saddle. But I think the most important thing was I came off of it. I think I had a short run off the bike and I came off of it, not totally destroyed. So a year ago, I think a session like that, 
um, I, I can laugh. My friend Grace last year, like would invite me to like all these fun things, like a rodeo and all these things. And every week I said no, because I just couldn't like after I just couldn't have plans for later that evening because I would come off of these workouts and I was like, so destroyed. I just need to like lay on the floor and rehydrate and refuel and have nothing on my calendar. And so thank you, Grace, for continuing to invite me, even though I'm a terrible friend and always say no. Um, but this year I actually felt like I was like, wow, I feel like a normal human. I think I, you know, was still able to take cowboy for a walk. I was still able to, you know, do some computer stuff in the afternoon, which is good and, um, go on with my life. And so I followed it up the next day with a long aerobic ride. I think I ended up doing 122 miles in just under seven hours, which is pretty good for me here in the train. And that one was one where I'm not looking at the metrics. I'm not, um, you know, really worried about, time or dis well, I was worried about distance. I wanted to get 120 miles in. And so, and, and I did both of these workouts by myself and that's just kind of where I am in life <laughs> as like a loner, but no, I just also, I do a lot of things that other people wouldn't want to do, um, routes and uh, which is, you know, sometimes very exciting routes and sometimes really boring routes and the time of day and everything. And I think this is like a layover from the pandemic where I just got used to doing things by myself. And, um, for some reason that's just translated to, uh, to doing a lot of workouts on my own. And I also try to tell myself sometimes, like, I want results that other people don't usually have. And, and so to do that, you kind of have to do things that other people aren't willing to do. So, I did end up having a really good ride that day and, um, got over 120 miles in. And so that was like exciting. And and again, it's not just the getting the 120 miles in it's getting, it's how I felt doing that. Um, that I didn't feel like I was overextending. I made pretty decent time. I fueled and hydrated well, and I came out of it being like, all right, I'm ready to go on Monday. And so I think that having those kind of sessions has given me a lot of confidence. Um, I know I really need to take care of myself leading, you know, these next couple of weeks and stay healthy and not get overly excited or greedy and still make sure I'm I'm sleeping well, that I'm eating well, that I'm taking care of all those smaller things um, and hopefully just keep this rolling. But uh, my cycling the last couple of years has, has struggled and I do feel like I'm finally maybe turning a corner and um, and I do believe that sometimes putting together big bike weekends can actually lead to good running, which you know, my marathon in Ironman Coeur d'Alene left a little to be desired. So these are some certain goals. You that rallied, I have. you rallied, you uh, had a moment of weakness and you rallied and it yeah. was inspiring. And who doesn't have a moment of weakness in an Ironman marathon? So yeah. I think that's okay. <laughs> but anyway, I do think I'm like, I'm working on those. I'm working on those moments of weakness. Like, it's like, okay, this is an opportunity to do more, uh, or to do better to, to, you know, handle that situation a little bit better if it did come up in Kona. And so I feel like I'm making progress. So I hope that I feel like I was just like randomly just threw some workouts at you, but hopefully that made sense. And maybe some people can modify that and be inspired with your own kind of context of your weekend and, um, and how I wouldn't necessarily say you have to go do the exact same things by yourself, but that's how things are working for me right now. And Haley on that long ride, was there like any, did you see any wildlife? Did you like anything happen? Thank you for setting me up on this. (laughs) Okay. So I totally forgot there was a point to this story too. (laughs) This is why I, um, my revenue generation is not good, but I, um, I, so doing a 122 mile ride, I was doing kind of like a 
a loop and I was at my like 98. So I was feeling good. And I was like coming up on um this, like one of the final climbs and it's a pretty gentle, really, really beautiful climb. And there was this woman that was like laying on the side of the road um, with her bike and she had a friend with her. She was not alone. And um, which I do encourage ride with people, make it social. You don't have to be antisocial like me. <laughs> but, um, um, I'm a very social swimmer. I'm a very social swimmer, but the other things, I don't know what's happened to me. Um, we'll, we'll get a psychologist on to explain it, but I think um, I, I, she needed something and I, I kind of slowed down and I was like, you know, are you okay? And she's like, I'm cramping. And I was like, Oh, I have something for you. And I reached into my pocket and I had say some salt stick fast shoes in watermelon flavor. Ooh. And I had been holding on to these. I only had, I had six left and I gave her four of them. <laughs> and um, not all six though. We needed two to get you home. <laughs> Again, I take care of myself. I'm a very selfish person. I am not um like this is not a surprise or like I'm not trying to pretend I'm super altruistic. Um, but I gave her four, which I, I recognize is a little bit funny to like for her, just also to accept like they just came out of my pocket. <laughs> they weren't. <laughs> I'm like, here are these four tablets, take them. But I think she was in bad enough situation that, um, you know, she was doing it and her friend was there and I, I don't look that, I don't think, I think I look pretty innocent. You know, I'm out there on my green bike and my neon clothes and, you know, I don't know. It's, it, we weren't that far from town. We're not exactly, it's, it's not the sketchiest thing. So, um, you know, I, I, we can talk about the ethics of this that I did not wait for her to. Oh, recover. no, I don't think I don't think you need to do that. I mean, she had someone with it I th- with her. I think it's very clear that like, I mean, at that point, what are you going to do? Just like also they were stand one there and like climb, one yeah. gentle climb from home. And then it's basically downhill back to Bozeman. Cause I did ask, I'm like, are you coming from Bozeman? You know, got that. And I talked to her friend and, you know, I was just like, okay, you know, give her a few minutes. They had plenty of food. They had plenty of of fluids they were okay it was fairly early in the day and it's also a place where like you could probably stick out your thumb and someone's gonna pick you up and so I didn't I didn't feel like I was leaving them in danger but I feel like maybe that salt was exactly what she needed and hopefully got her home but the only thing maybe you could have gotten was her address because Haley we could have also sent her one of these new feisty fuel boxes that are coming out and to be like just in case you were two days to see what you were putting in your mouth that day on the side of the road that revived you back to life, this is what it is. Like these, these shoes. Yeah. You can go to uh bongbreaker.com forward slash spicy box and get $40 worth of delicious nutrition for only $30. I mean, that's a steal. free shipping, free shipping. I mean, to Bozeman, we, we love our free shipping because it takes forever <laughs> to get anything here. Um, but her friend did ask me, what are these? What are these? What do you call them? Because I, I do think that I've really, really loved those fast shoes. And I've heard a lot of good things from the people I've recommended them to or given them to because they're so easy to take and they taste delicious and you can't really overdo it. Like I think that was like, if you read the instructions on the bottle, it's like you, maximum 50 per day. And I'm like, if you're taking 50 of these, you are out trading for like a very, very long time. So it's, but they are just like a nice little treat. Um, and there's something I've just recently incorporated in my training. And maybe it's one of the reasons I'm feeling so good. Definitely, definitely. And so those are in the feisty fuel box. There's also um, other bonk breaker protein bars, energy bars, all of that good stuff that we have been snacking on these last couple of months. And in the show notes, there's more details on that. So head to the show notes. 
And Haley, I do have one thing that we didn't talk about ahead of time that I'm going to throw at you right now, because if you were in the bubble, you might have missed some of this because I think you might've been like out saving this woman during this time. The UTMB coverage happened. Well, the race happened. So then the coverage also happened last Friday into Saturday. Um, the Ultra Tour de Mont Blanc, uh, about like 104 miles circumference of Mont Blanc in Chamonix, France. And Haley, did you catch any of this coverage? Or I did. Or should okay, I just keep going? Okay. I woke up a little bit early and I... Um, before, as I was like getting ready for my ride, I was watching Courtney do Walter, but I didn't, oh, I couldn't yes. stay for the finish. I was like, I gotta get out the door. So I couldn't actually, I didn't get to watch the finish live, but I, I woke up and I was like, is she leading? What's happening? Because, um, I just can't believe her summer. It's been wild. But I did, I mean, it was, I was so grateful for that coverage to have like a GoPro just following her for those last few miles, because first of all, the fans were insane. She handled the fans way better than I would have in that state, like running that far and having them close in on you close, like blowing these smoke guns and flare things in your face. I mean, it was nuts the things they were doing and she was just like loving it. And I was like, whoa, I got to like channel my inner Courtney when I'm stressed about people around me and things because she handled it so well. Did that and then like even at the I mean it, coming into the finish shoot Haley I mean they weren't giving her like any room I mean it was crazy how she handled the crowds and how much they responded to her but it was like major goosebumps moment but it was good my initial point with that was to see like she was hurting right she really had to dig deep to get that done and it was it was impressive to see you know I think sometimes we see major athletic feats and people make it look easy and you're like ah like they just made it look easy how's that but she did not make that look easy. She really, I think, had to work for each and every step in that second half of the race. And it was cool to see. Also, Haley, the I have to give a huge shout out to Corinne Malcolm. She was um, commentating for the, the UTMB coverage had like different live feeds of different languages. And so she was one of the commentators for the English live feed. And because of her, the English commentator stream stayed alive through not only the top 10 male finishers but also she was there apparently like the studio where they all were doing it had basically shut down all the other languages had gone home and been like peace we've been doing this for a day like this is enough right she stayed with her co-host who she convinced to stay too it sounded like it didn't really take him a lot to convince him but it was her idea to get him to stay through the top 10 female finishers as well, because she knows how important it is to be giving that equal coverage and just how much the women have put into that race as well. And like, why would we shut things down right when they're not all in? So huge kudos to Corinne and the work that she did. That seemed like a tireless, thankless job. And she she nailed it. It was really fun um, to get to listen to some of her perspective through that. But also with that, Haley, that we then got to see Iron Women podcast guest Lucy Bartholomew finish because Lucy was the 10th female finisher, which like is a storybook script all of its own for this magical race, right? To get to um, see Lucy, Lucy come in 10th. Lucy has Ironman World Championships now in what, five weeks or so? We did that count, I think, for her when we had her on. Um, her first time at Mount Mont Blanc um, just like has had quite a year and definitely go back to our listeners. If you didn't listen to the Lucy Bartholomew episode, take a listen to that just to hear more, but it was so cool to get to see her. I mean, she had, and again, 
that 10th place finish was not a done deal. It was not set in stone. Having Corinne get to keep the coverage alive so that we could see Lucy also be digging deep and like securing that finish for herself was something she really had to work for was really good. And now you know how I spent my Saturday just like watching the France on a GoPro and it was amazing. Oh, it did. It, parts I saw were amazing. I do think that coverage part is so, so valuable. And it's, it is wild because, um, like I finished ninth in Milwaukee and really assumed the coverage wasn't showing me. And then it was fascinating when everyone saw me fall and, and like that actually it still was, but people were still watching and it does make a difference. I mean, I think that that shows, I got to showcase my sponsors. I got to show that I was there. I got people who normally wouldn't necessarily be watching were watching. And then people told me about it. And I do think that that is really, really important. And if you show it, people will watch and that's how you're going to like sell all those products that people are trying to sell or just learn more about certain athletes. And I I'm really, really grateful that for Corinne doing that, because I think in the moment that probably was so hard for her to like do that and kind of go against the status quo. Um, and, but hopefully, you know, her doing that makes it a little bit easier. And, and I'm glad we are seeing that because there are so many times when it is, you'll see so many men come across and then they'll get it's like the third woman. They're like, okay, we're done. And there's awesome, also like really good stories sometimes and really close finishes and just like really incredible, incredible performances that we get to celebrate. So so glad that happened. What a cool, cool weekend. It's, I scrolled through some of those results and there were a lot of familiar names. I feel like from the triathlon world. Oh, this also happened. This makes me, I, this is what I should have let off with too. So I was like turned on the coverage initially. So they actually didn't have a live stream for the first like six hours or something of the race. They basically it's picked it dark. up like, it yeah, like, 6 I mean, PM. It's like, yeah. So good excuses, but whatever. But as I'm watching the Twitter threads going, I was like, the check-ins are happening. I'm like, wait a second. Who is giving uh, Courtney DeWalter a run for her money? Oh, none other than Emma Pooley, right? And so I was like, wait, is this the triathlon Emma Pooley? And I'm like doing so, yep, triathlon Emma Pooley has been quietly out in Europe racing for, I think, like a Swiss Solomon team and is like crushing oh. some mountain races. And she went out for it, let me tell you, at UTMB. And unfortunately, it sounded like she um, she had a fall at some point. I don't, I actually didn't check to see if she did end up finishing, but I think she did have a fall. But for like, I want to say the first, like, I don't know, 40K or so, like she was like in second place or something like right with Courtney. And I was like, this is interesting, right? Like really interesting. Um, I also saw Tara Groves and uh, I forget yeah. the last name. Can you help me? Tara she Grosner. ran. Yes. She ran. Who was, who's been an Ironman podcast guest who was yes. an Ironman pro triathlete. She ran the like CCC, the yes. 100K, 100K. I learned so much about all these acronyms. Yeah. I mean, there's like a lot of races going on in the week. So it is quite, and there's like a 95 mile race and then UTV is like 104 miles. So it's also weird that they have both of those. But anyway, um, it was cool to see some more people heading off road. I'm excited to see what plans Emma Pooley has for the future. Um, there were like a she... few others, I, a yeah. few other names I recognized and um, it is kind of cool that crossover. I know that UTMB has been on your radar in the past. Is that, I mean, you are right now prepping for surgery this week. I think the day that this comes out, you'll be in surgery. Is that right? So we need to be sending you all the good vibes. Um, but does this give you like a motivation for the future? It does. I mean, it's, like, yeah, it was so cool to get to see, I think, more into that race. I think 
um, as an ultra runner, it's on like everyone's bucket list and it's kind of ebbed and flowed with like how much I want to prioritize trying to get myself there. And this definitely was so inspiring. It was really cool to see. Um, I, and I think a big part of the commentary, like they had Scott Jurek come in and they had, um, you know, Katie Scheid won last year. So there's a lot of talk about how the white mountains of New Hampshire and the Northeast running like scene really has built a lot of the legends that have gone to do really well there. And so not that I necessarily think I'd be winning UTMB, but I do think like I'm in a place where it would make sense to be training for that and trying to get myself there. So it definitely, you know, I have a long road to have me with the rehab, but it was cool to have that and like plant some seeds of like, you know, at some point I will start to think about what I have, what will be next year. Um, I haven't really let myself think too much about that yet, but um, it was, yeah, it was really cool to see that. I think it's definitely high up on the bucket list right now. I want to like run through that. Like they run through that cafe, like toward the finish line. <laughs> that's it. That's like the coolest thing. Um, I, um, and you know, I do think this is where my bubble, I allow in things like this, because I think that there's some like motivation that I can get from watching other people do these incredible things. I mean, Courtney Summer doing winning Western States, hard rock records at both. And then, um, UTMB is just wild. And I just, I think about that as like, wow, that's so cool. Like when I, I'm like questioning, would I rather be the person cheering from the cafe or be the person running? You know, I definitely have those thoughts sometimes. And I'm like, Courtney makes me want to be the person running. So, um, channeling her as I go into my relatively short race in Kona. <laughs> I know that. Yeah. yeah you can tell yourself that. Be like, at least I'm not out here for 20, you know, I mean, four hours. So, yeah. Yes, like I'll yes. be at the cafe because I would die. <laughs> Um, all right, Haley, I'm making the executive production decision here on the fly that we are pushing our mailbag question to next week. Um, and everyone, you can, we will have um, a lot of fun if people have like Kona related mailbag questions, any of that, send them in to ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com. Alyssa and we will might be... be on some good painkillers. So uh, <laughs> send all your questions. You never know what I'll say in all the week. advice. So yeah, we'll, we'll get to the bottom of a lot of things, I think, next week. Um, but ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com. And so that means, Haley, I'm going to set us up for our interview this week. This week, we are talking to a top U.S. long course athlete, Lauren Brandon. She is always a favorite. She'll be contending for that first out of the water spot in Kona. When we talked to her about her season so far. We chatted right before she headed to the U.S. PTO Open in Milwaukee. Um, we also talked to her about her training in Park City, Utah, now that she lives there. We look back at her career a little bit and what she's learned and specifically what she's excited for on the big island in October. So we'll hear from Lauren next. Lauren, welcome back to the Iron Women podcast. Thanks, ladies. I feel like it's been quite a long time. It has. It has. We have a lot to talk about, but we want to kind of focus on like recent times and what's upcoming. So the like big news flash really that I saw as of recent is that you are heading to the PTO US Open in Milwaukee in about 10 days time from when we're talking. So when we release this, you will have raced and we'll be able to um, give your results in our outro. But um, to you know, this will add perspective for our listeners kind of to hear what was going on before that. It sounds like you got the call that you had a spot um, very recently and you were like in the middle of a mid-season break on the heels of an Ironman block. So what was kind of your thought process as you got that notice? Um, and 
like, I guess, how much time did it give you for a little short training block? And how did you figure out what to focus on here? Yeah, so I raced Ironman Frankfurt. And unfortunately, I just been dealing with this back thing. I think I finally figured out just some nerve stuff. And so doing some exercises and this past week, it's been good. So that's good. But regardless, like I didn't finish um, Ironman Frankfurt and we just decided, hey, like, let's still just take a midseason break because um, my plan wasn't to race until Michigan, 70.3 Michigan, which is September 17th. So I was going to have like 12 weeks or something until, or 10 weeks until racing. Um, so I took a week off, took another week, pretty chill. And then got an email saying I got a roll down spot for Milwaukee. It's like, Ooh, okay. Um, but it, I feel like it's one of those things that you don't want to say no to. Um, you know, like racing is fun. I enjoy it. Um, why not have the opportunity to go do a shorter race for us um against some great women so I've never raced in Milwaukee it's obviously a way different type of racing with you know multi-loop course and um so yeah so I'm excited I mean I don't have high expectations but I still will just go race hard see what I can do um we're trying to do some shorter faster stuff um yeah, I have zero fast twitch muscles. So we're trying to, um, yeah, just do kind of like shorter stuff on the bike and some shorter stuff on the run. Um, see if I can get a little bit of speed before it. And yeah, we just have this week and then head it out there. I still feel like you still have some short tw or fast twitch <laughs> muscles. I mean, you swam, you swam like 500 free, right? Which is like a five minute or less than five minute race. And so that's what I, that's what I tell myself. That's what I'm telling myself too. Thanks, I'm like, Haley, I like it. Like 200 backstroke. I used to go all out for like two minutes. Um, but you have had, you've raced in a PTO open before, right? I think you raced in Canada last year. Um, yeah. Yeah. What can you, I mean, can you tell me and all of our listeners kind of what the experience <laughs> is like, is it different from a, uh, another triathlon? Yeah. I mean, I think it was amazing. Like the whole, you know, you have to get there quite early, like five days before the race and you have like photo shoots and you have different things that you have to attend to. Um, and it's just kind of this whole week long thing, which is cool. And I, I think what I really appreciate and enjoy the most now is like being able to be around my friends and other people racing in the pro field, because, you know, that's so special to like have those bonds with everybody. And, um, so I think that's always what I'm so excited about these races. Like a lot of people you're staying in the same vicinity and, um, and yeah, doing a lot of maybe training together race week. So should be good. And then, yeah, I mean, it is like, you know, they do have the live coverage. And so everything was kind of um, based more on TV stuff, like, you know, like, like lining up, like everything was just about because they were going live on TV. So um, yeah, kind of just like different pressure in that way. But I think it's exciting, though. Um, and a big part of why I want to race too, is because I feel like Kona is such a big deal and you have kind of those same pressures and, you know, obviously the best women in the world. So I think it's really good to put yourself in those situations where maybe you're having similar feelings of, um, yeah, but just being a big race. So yeah, I don't know. How do you feel Fun, about Haley, the, I promise. <laughs> how do you feel about the 4 PM start? Yeah. It's just like good old ITU days. Um, you know, I think you'll be super nervous all day. I don't know what to do about that, but 
Um, I enjoy, I actually am someone that does not start my training until later in the day. So I plan on sleeping in, probably doing like a little spin, little jog. Um, I think the biggest thing will be eating, right? Like you have to eat super plain I'm like, all day. Should I eat like oatmeal for like, like all uh, day long? Late afternoon? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That's I know I, like I was. Exactly. Yeah. I was trying to think about that too. Um, I'm not sure. I'm like, do I have chicken rice for breakfast? And then, yeah, I do like the oatmeal thing for lunch. I don't know. Yeah. One time I raced an ultra marathon that started at midnight and I ate Wendy's oh my as my dinner at like 9 PM and that did not go well. So I do not, <laughs> uh, recommend going to, Wendy's I'm glad you kind of, I'm kind of glad luck. you said that didn't go well because <laughs> yeah, be yeah, like, to do like <laughs> Wendy's lunch and then, yeah. <laughs> Wow. It wasn't catastrophic, but it could have been better. So yeah, I'll just leave, leave you guys with that tidbit. Um, yeah, <laughs> and plain, plain yeah, all day. Yes. And Lauren, as you were talking about some of this, you, you know, you said we, and so I'm assuming you mean with your, you know, some of these decisions were made with your coach, Julie Dibbins, you are on the JD crew. So are there any sessions, um, that Julie's giving you, you know, you said that you're doing some shorter stuff. Is there anything that you have done that you're like, Oh, I actually kind of like doing, you know, this type of session. We on it. We honestly haven't done that much different of stuff. I feel, you know, we had like six by five minutes on the bike. I mean, I feel like you probably do that anyways. <laughs> um, and then like for running, we did, um, yeah, more like, like some three minute faster intervals on the treadmill. Um, I did it with the lever to try and, you know, I am at high altitude. And so to get my body moving quicker, um, that's kind of a good tool to help do a little bit faster stuff. Um, but yeah, like, like it is fun. I do like mixing it up. Um, I didn't have to do a five hour ride with last week, which is nice. She has on my schedule this week, but you know, <laughs> I'll take a week without a long ride. <laughs> And where are you right now? Are you in Boulder or are you at home in, in Park City? Yes, I'm at home. Um, yeah, we live right outside of Park City. We bought a cabin on top of a mountain. Um, and so, yeah, I'm at 8,000 feet. Um, so I train. I don't really do any training up here, like, except for an easy spin. Um, so Park City is at 6,700 feet. So I'll go do my running swims are usually there. And then I drive down to Ventum where my husband works. Um, and they're one of my sponsors. They're down in Heber, which they're 5,500 feet. So I go and do like all my hard training or like rides on the trainer down there. So definitely like a lot of driving, um, you know, gone for full days, just have to leave for the day, do all my training, come home. Um, so yeah, it's definitely been a bit different this past couple of years, just kind of yeah, life is a little bit different, but, um, but we're enjoying it. You know, it's, uh, it's a lot of work to live up here, but we're enjoying it. That's like truly the like sleep high train low, like, like ideal that I think, you know, is like, isn't that what physiologists say that you should be yeah. doing? So do you notice like a big difference? Like when you go down, um, from home to, to like do a workout, can you like really feel it? Yeah, I think especially I can feel it when I go to sea level, like all of a sudden, like even when I'm racing, like say, yeah, whatever race it is, like it, I have a hard time getting my heart rate up now, you know, so it's more just, oh, my, my body can only do this, but my heart rate is still low. Like it's very weird feelings for sure. And I think um, 
when we first moved up here, like I really struggled with the recovery, like my body just couldn't handle it. And all my workouts were pretty awful. Um, but now that we've been up here for, I don't know, like a year and a half, I feel like my body's finally getting used to stuff. Like I can go do a hard workout, come home and still like sleep and feel recovered the next day. Um, but yeah, before I just felt like I was dragging ass all the time. <laughs> so. Is it hard to stay hydrated? Like I always find that when I go to altitude, I mean, I, I, I live at like yeah. 5,000 feet, so it's like okay. the lowest, but, yeah. um, I'm just like, I will get, I get like deal so much with dehydration and I'm like, what yeah. in the world? How does this happen? It is crazy. Like, yeah, we have, like, I drink, I don't even know how many of these day, like five, six, like, it is crazy. And, um, I think that's part of the thing too, is when I was training for Ironmans up at this elevation, like the weight was just like coming, like, I don't really, I don't need to lose weight and weight was just coming off and I couldn't keep it on. And so I've really had to just kind of like eat more crack, like just have more calories. And, um, like I finally, <laughs> I finally think like that's working. I think I just wasn't eating enough. I was doing my regular, you know, being pretty healthy, but, um, yeah, like it's definitely way different living up here. And, um, it kind of took a while, I think for my body to know what to do and, um, and just learning from other people, but not that many people that I know have this situation. So it's hard. Um, but then one of my doctors was just like, Did you, like, you just need so many more calories. I'm like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> what is your strategy? So you are someone who you do race a lot, right? Um, like things like you enjoy racing and getting, getting in the races. So what is your strategy usually when you, travel do you try and get there you know I think people usually say like two days before or two weeks before type of thing so what kind of strategy do you employ usually when you're going down to race yeah that has been an interesting one and I feel like I just kind of travel when I need to um that might not be the smartest thing but um luckily like going into Ironman Texas I had been in St. George a couple weeks prior which is only I think it's like 3,000 feet so, you know, I was completely, um, out of altitude for the most part. Um, so that worked well. And then yeah, other races, I'll just drop down when I have to, like we went to Europe and we flew in on Monday or Tuesday. So if I can, I guess like the four to five days, cause now it's just too hard to be going in like two days out. Like, I think there's just so much to do and, um, and if, you know, you lose your bike or whatever, you don't have the time to figure things out. So I have been trying to maybe travel a little bit sooner than I would have in the past. Um, but yeah. My favorite feeling Nothing is like too when, scientific. Yeah. When you get to like sea level and if you go for a swim and it's like, all of a sudden, I feel like I can actually like push off past the flags, you know, and like not breathe. I'm like, yes. oh my goodness. Like I've noticed it the most swimming. And sometimes I'm a little disappointed and I don't notice anything like biking and running. And I'm like, I wish I felt yeah. more. But, um, it is interesting because I feel the swimming the most too. Like I swim so awful up here. And then I just have to it, it plays with my mind, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is, you know, I can't swim faster than this. And then oh, you know, I drop down and it's fine. So it yeah, it is really weird. And you just have to, I think, give yourself a little bit of grace and realize that, hey, you are at high altitude and um, it's okay if you're not, you know, swimming this pace or riding this pace, whatever. Yeah. But. 
And so you mentioned loving racing and you raced quite a bit. And um, earlier this year, you did race Ironman Texas and followed that up with St. George 70.3 just soon after. Um, like how, how do you approach a double like that? <laughs> um, that was definitely not planned. Um, you know, the plan I did Philippines and then 70.3 Philippines, four weeks later, Texas. Like I do like to race four weeks prior to an Ironman. Um, and then I had put my name on the start list for St. George, just more like if something happened at Texas and I wanted to race, but then I got done with Texas and my body felt okay. Like, you know, for after an Ironman good enough. And I was like, Hey, like I've never raced St. George. I, it's not a hometown race, but it's three hours away. And obviously I feel like it's an iconic race. Like it's such a different type of race. Um, so I was like, Hey, Julie, like, can I go and race? She's like, okay, sure. So I went and raced, but then I got injured after and couldn't run for like 10 days. <laughs> that definitely wasn't maybe the smartest thing, but, um, but yeah, it, it, in the moment, like I was excited to do it. And I feel like as you get later in your career, you just have to do things that make you excited. Um, so yeah, so I was still glad that I did it. And then um, I decided I wanted to do Frankfurt and I was going to Boulder for a training camp. And so we're like, okay, let's race 70.3 Boulder. Um, again, I feel like sometimes I do these races and yeah, I'm not maybe in the best spot to actually race. Um, but I do love racing. Like there's something about it. Like I just love being out there. Um, I think that's just why I, I always tell people I'd rather race than do Julie's training. <laughs> so, so yeah, so you do see me race a lot if I can. Um, but yeah, but we'll have a block after the PTO race and um, I won't race until 70.3 Michigan and then Kona. So, and so what is the mindset when you are getting on a start line and you know, you are not at your very best, but like some of your competitors are, are you able to kind of compartmentalize and just be like, okay, it's a hard training day. Just go give a good hard effort. Yeah. I mean, I think I still have hopes of doing well, you know, like if you're fit, um, and you know, we'll still like rest and I hope that I can still pull off a good race, but, um, you know, you girls have been in this sport for a long time, like me and racing is getting so hard and so competitive. And especially us longer distance ladies trying to go short course, like it's so hard. I just, um, so yeah, so I think it's for me, just try not to get down about, yeah, like, if I get whatever place, like, it doesn't matter. Like, did I have a solid day? Like, honestly, Boulder and St. George, I was still happy with my like actual kind of day. Well, I'll say George more than Boulder, but, um, you know, like I still had a solid swim, bike and run. And I think that's kind of what you need to focus on now and not necessarily the place. And, um, yeah, and we have other things focused on like Kona is obviously always something that I want to do well at, um, even though it hasn't happened. And so I don't know, I think later in the year is always just something that most of us are focused on anyways. And it was at Ironman Texas where you got your Kona spot for the year. And you've been to the world championships in Kona twice uh, before already with a best placing of 26th in the world. So super solid. And I'm curious, like, you know, having gone twice now being later in your career, you know, what's your mindset as you're approaching it this year? And what are you hoping to get out of it? Yeah, so I've actually been four times, but I have two oh. DNFs. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, Kona. Um, I mean, we all go to Kona hoping to have this like amazing race and amazing day, but 
you know, that happens for very few people. Um, and so I've always really struggled to be honest with Kona because I've gone there and, you know, have felt like I was fit and ready to go. And yeah, I've had two DNFs and two like walk jog marathons barely finishing. And so it's been super disappointing and hard to deal with at the, you know, it's at the end of every year and you're just like, it's hard to deal with, but, um, you know, I still have hopes of doing well. And I think, um, I'm trying a couple things differently this year, like, because the guys are racing in September, we're not doing our usual Kona camp together. You know, usually we go away for a few weeks and then I go straight to Kona. So this year I just decided I'm going to be at home. Um, so I think that'll be nice. You know, I think we all enjoy just being in our own beds and having our own routine. So that'll be different. Um, I am racing the 70.3 Michigan four weeks prior, which I always do at the beginning of the year and then feel like, oh, I just should be training for Conan. So I don't do that later in the year. So I'm going to, you know, go back to what I think works well for me and race before. Um, and then, yeah, have friends staying with me in Kona and flying in a little bit later than I have in the past. So I'm just trying to do things that I think will make me just happier and just going in, like not thinking about it's the world championship, just thinking, Hey, it's another Ironman and seeing if maybe that, I don't know, takes a little pressure off myself or like, I don't know what it is, why I do <laughs> so awful there, but you know, we just have to. Yeah, try other things. Obviously, what I've done hasn't worked very well. So, um, so yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm excited. Obviously, women only. Like, we're gonna have our own day, which is exciting. Um, I have a ton of friends and family coming this year, which will be awesome. I'm going to Maui after for vacation after. <laughs> so, you know, so I don't know. Trying to just like, get excited about all of those things and try not to, um, yeah, focus on the race too much since it's has never gone quite well for me. <laughs> Do you have a favorite part of the Kona race course? A favorite part? Oh, wow. Um, I would say the run on Alihi. Um, yeah, like I think, I mean, that's the part where everybody's out there and everyone's cheering and you get to see your family and friends because you haven't seen anybody for 112 miles. Um, and then, you know, trying to keep that excitement when all of a sudden you get out on the queen K and you're by yourself again. <laughs> Is that the least favorite part? Yes. And I would say last year when it was the women's only day, that was so lonely because in the past we've always had the guys. So you have hundreds of age group men all around you. So you're just running with tons of people. Like when I've struggled, I'm just chatting away and like you have other people there kind of supporting you. And last year, I remember we got out there and I was just like by myself. I mean, you know, like one girl would pass, like, you know, I'd get past eventually, but you're just, it's quite lonely out there. It really was. And we were missing a few aid stations. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My, oh my God, need to make it to the next one. <laughs> that was like where I was demoralized. Was kind of, When I like got to some point, I was like so thirsty and I was like so hot and I could not see an aid station. And I was just like, I'm going to die out here. This is it. They'll just put like, I'm That's like, what happens. Kona makes you think you're just going to die. Yeah. <laughs> but we all want like redemption, right? I'm like, Hey, next time I'm going to get to this point And I'm going to be like, no, not today. I keep going. I know. I know. There's so many things every time I'm like, Oh, I need to do this differently. And, this. and but, but that's racing. Like that's, I think why 
we've been in racing for so long because we do think that we can still improve. We can get better. We're continuing to learn. And um, I mean, yeah, gosh, I've done, I don't know, 20 something Ironmans and I still feel like, yeah, I haven't done what I think I can do, you know? So. And, you know, in those 20, you know, did you ever <laughs> in your wildest dreams think that like, we'd be looking at an all female year in Kona? Um, you know, I think this is pretty exciting. And we mentioned it a couple of times, but like, you know, when you think about that, um, you know, obviously you're thinking about being a little lonely on the run. Um, but like, <laughs> but aside from that, you know, what, I guess, yeah. Did you ever think that we'd be in a position where the sport is supporting this? Yeah, no, I mean, it is, um, you know, we got a taste of it last year and obviously the men had, were all there as well. But um, this year, yeah, completely being women only, it's definitely going to be different, but it's going to be exciting because, you know, you have the whole entire week leading up, like sponsors and media, everything will just be focused on the women. So, um, so yeah, I think, yeah, it is great for our sport. I mean, we were hoping for 50 women to Kona. I still have my pink shirt that says that from, you know, <laughs> however long ago that was. Save it. Um, it's, a, it's a good vintage, like thing now 2015 like, it's so like 2015 it's not that long okay. it's like you know <laughs> we've come like up, it feels like yeah it feels like a long I guess eight years yeah. I mean that is kind of kind of long but it, yeah but it is crazy like it is um yeah to see our sport continue to grow so much is exciting and you know I was talking about how competitive our racing is now for women and it and while some I mean it is hard. Like it's just harder to make a paycheck. It's harder to get on the podium and stuff, but it is so exciting to see new women in our sport and just like kicking ass. <laughs> and how do you think it will affect like the dynamics of the pro race itself? I imagine, especially for you, it's going, you know, it's probably a good thing because you don't want a lot of men around, um, other women helping, you know, whether or not they're riding legally, I think there is a big draft effect that can happen, right? To help other people pull up out of a not so good swim, right? So is that something like you're excited for? Do you see any other dynamics kind of changing in the race? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I do, yeah, I always feel like it really kind of changes the back end of the pro women's field. Like a lot of women who kind of swim slower, would have a lot of men around them, which I mean, I'm sure is super annoying as well, but there is sometimes, you know, some women obviously probably got help too. So, um, so definitely positives and negatives probably for everybody. But um, I think just like the media round is super exciting, um, you know, and knowing that the whole day is focused on us. And because um, even when you have the men in there, like we do get coverage, but yeah, like the, usually the men are finishing and then there's like this long gap. It's like, oh, what just happened in, you know, two hours of the women's race? Like nobody knows because they're focused on the men finishing. So I think that's where we see the biggest changes and excitement is just, yeah, the media is focused on us for the day. Um, and for race dynamics, yeah, I think people really have to be out doing their own race. Like there really is nobody out there helping you. Um, but with the 50 women, like I felt like last year there were a lot more packs, like the dynamics in just the women's racing is changing a bit, especially on the bike. Um, and I noted like in Frankfurt, I don't know, there's a pack of seven or eight women that 
came by me and, you know, dealing with pack dynamics is a lot different and it's way more surgy and yeah, it's just, it is really different. And so you don't have to train for, um, for that instead of this like long study ride. <laughs> and you mentioned that you'll be prepping for Kona at home and, um, park city, you know, on 8,000 feet, you're probably, it's probably going to get cold before October. And so you're <laughs> prepping for like a hot race, but you've done really well doing this earlier this year, you raced in the Philippines, um, coming out of a pretty, a really, I mean, I saw the photos, <laughs> you had a lot of snow and then we all had rough winters. <laughs> I know. I think you win though. I was, yeah, like, I was like, it's hard to one up Haley and I on the winter situation. And Lauren definitely did. <laughs> like you couldn't even like see your house. Um, so, much snow. so like, how do you, how do you prepare? Do you have, do you have secrets? <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I mean, honestly, I think part of it was all of my running and biking was inside, you know? And so obviously training inside, it does get a bit more toasty, I feel like. Um, so we did, we did do like some hoodie bikes, like, you know, wearing a hoodie on the bike and then no fan rides. Um, and then all, like all of my runs were on the treadmill prior. And so yeah, no fan on the treadmill. Um, so I think you just kind of get a bit heat, heat acclimated that way. And then also the gym I go to has a sauna steam room and sauna. So we do try and do some steam room and sauna stuff. Like I'm doing it now for Milwaukee. Um, so yeah, like that was kind of it. Um, with all the snow, did you ever lose power? Like, I feel like that would be the thing that would give me so much anxiety. Like if we lose power and then I don't have the trainer and treadmill situation, it would be, yeah. We were really, luckily the power never went out. No, I guess they, they put the power lines like under the ground here. Hmm. Um, so I don't know. We got lucky. Yeah. Never lost power, but we're already prepping for, for winter already. Like I've been moving wood all day with the wheelbarrow. In. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Me too. Oh my God. Oh. Like yeah. it's July and uh, yeah, I feel like winter could be here any moment. So uh, Matt tells me already all the time, prepping. he's like, he's like, once you feel like you're ready for this winter, then you start getting ready for the next one. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my life is like wood, like chopping wood for the rest of my life. <laughs> okay. Well, I literally haven't had to chop the wood yet. They had the people that lived here prior had like these mountains of wood. And so I'm just bringing it to, you know, the covered part. Um, but the yeah, chopping's we, we actually do... much better than the moving. I think personally, it's like much more satisfying, but yeah. Oh, I watched someone, my friend was doing it the other day and I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I could do it. And you're so you're <laughs> tall and like your limbs are so long that I bet you're actually going to be a really good wood chopper because it's like all about oh, wow. leverage on the axe. So just <laughs> okay, wait. Well, yeah. let you know. We do have some trees that we need to chop down and yeah, probably make some wood out of. So I'll let you know how that okay. goes. <laughs> and how do you, I mean, I, how do you manage the, the winter aside from training indoors? I mean, when you, I mean, do you, do you slow down? Do you kind of just let yourself take a break and just embrace winter? Do you do any outdoor winter activities? Yeah, I really don't. Um, I feel like I'm the only person in park city that doesn't do any outdoor activities. Um, the only time I got outside was my coach would have my husband drop me off at the bottom of our mountain and I'd put on yak tracks on the bottom of my run shoes and I would run up the mountain. Um, so I would get, that was the only time I'd train outside and yeah, I'm just, you know, I didn't grow up skiing. 
So I'm too scared to start that now. Um, and then even like cross country skiing, like I went a couple times that I would fall. I'm like, you know, like all this can just wait until after retirement. Like I'm too afraid of hurting myself. Um, but yeah, everything just, winter is just a lot of work. Oh, I guess summer is too, because we're prepping for winter, but it's just a lot of work. Like managing the snow was a lot this year. Um, so in order to leave it, I just felt like it took me like an hour to get out of the door every day. Um, yeah, were there days when you you were like, Julie, we have to shorten the session because I just did two hours of snow shoveling and I'm like totally dead. (laughs) There were a couple days where I was like, I had just had it. I'm like, I'm not leaving today. (laughs) Like, sorry. Um, we will just have to, you know, change our training. And then we just try and do it so that you know, if I have an easier bike, like I can do it at home. So I don't have to leave every day. And then eventually we will have a treadmill, but we just don't have that set up yet. Um, and then just making sure like we have run, swim, strength all on the same day in the same place, you know, just mm-hmm. like figuring out the schedule a bit more so that I, yeah, if I don't have to leave then every day, then it's nice. <laughs> And how nice is it right now? Just so our listeners know that like, they don't need to feel too sorry for you. Cause I imagine <laughs> how nice are these summer nights and just like, yes. like the views, everything. Yes. No, it is amazing. And I think we just have to remember this summer as we get into winter. Um, Cause I, you know, the winter wasn't really bad until it was like April, May, and we just kept getting hit. It was like, over a foot of snow every weekend for a while. And I'm like, I'm like, I just, it was really unbelievable to be honest. Um, but yes, but it's melted. It's beautiful. It's so quiet. Like, yeah. So, you know, someone drives by and you like look out the window because you're like, why is someone driving? <laughs> and they just probably drove up there to get like nice. Yeah. Views. Yeah. And probably. Up there. Yeah. Um, like, oh wow, people live up here. <laughs> <laughs> They're jealous. And, yeah. Yeah. And Lauren, I think it's your ninth, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, season of pro racing, um, at least on the Ironman circuit. So we're now starting to see some pros like branching out for bucket list racing. So do you mm-hmm. have anything left on your bucket list that you like are really kind of setting sights on for these next few seasons? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, yeah, I think this is my 13th season now. Oh, gosh, okay. Um, yeah, I did a Olympic do better research. For Sorry. Oh no, no, no. It was, it was it's Iron Man. I did. Yeah. I did Olympic non-draft for okay, quite a long is, time. Yeah. And then, yeah, t- I guess, yeah. 2015 was my first half Iron Man. Um, gosh. And bucket list races. I had, I was talking to Paula Newby Frazier in Texas because I had wanted to do a fun, like fun European Ironman. And I was thinking Austria, but she's like, no, like go do Frankfurt. It's so, I mean, she said Austria is amazing too, but uh, she was like, it's a women's only, you know, pro women's only race, European championship. So that's why I went there. Cause she was like, no, go do it. Um, and it was, it was pretty amazing. I mean, I heard the finish line is really where it's at but um you know so maybe I'll have to go another you know like racing in Europe is so fun and I really I would like to do more European races never yeah probably not Nice I don't need to be racing up and down a mountain um don't ask me about world championships next year to be determined (laughs) Um, but 
yeah, like I just love traveling. And actually at the beginning of the year, I told my husband, I'm like, I just want to travel more. So that's why I went to the Philippines. Uh, like racing to Asia is really cool too. Um, I feel like I've done so many good. I want to go back to New Zealand. Um, I That was my very first Ironman in 2016 and I didn't finish there either. So I would really like to go back and do that full Ironman. It's just, I think it was like the beginning of March this year. Yeah. Like, it's really early. <laughs> um, I don't know what else. What about you, you girls? A, what's your favorite? I'm curious, like, because you have traveled to a bunch. Do you have a favorite? Oh my gosh. Um, I loved going to Pocone, Chile. Yeah. That's in January, but I mean, that was a great, have you raced there? I have. Yeah. It's great. Okay, if you okay. want to get, if you, if you're fit enough and it's like so yeah. nice to get out of the snow and like go and it's like instant summer, like it probably, it yeah. feels like a mountain town in the summer. So you're like, Oh my goodness, right. <laughs> this is, it reminds you of what, what you're living for. <laughs> yeah. I mean, gosh, that one was so amazing. Um, I did that a couple of times. Um, I mean, recent Ironman cans, like that was really cool. Like going to Australia. I don't know. I love all of <laughs> I like so many of them. I I feel like most of the American races um, aren't as exciting. You seem to love Texas, if I'm though. Honest. Well, I feel like I do Texas because it just works well with the schedule, not so much because I love it. Um, I mean, that swim is pretty disgusting, let's be honest. Um, the bike, I do enjoy just being in like TT position. And the, the run is pretty amazing. Like, I you know, a lot of crowds come out for the run. So it is a good one. Um, but I just love the like April Ironman. Um, I mean, South Africa, so many places. Like, that's why I love our sport. Like, cause you get to travel so much and, um, see the world. Yeah. Fun. So I need to keep traveling. <laughs> Well, we and all of our listeners will keep track of you with all of your travels. And especially though, in this build up to Kona this year, I think we are all really, really excited to see the women's only day and see what you can do out there this year. So thanks so much for taking time out to chat with us during this prep and good luck with everything to get ready for world championships. Thanks ladies. Alyssa, it's always so fun to catch up with Lauren and excited to see how she does in Michigan in a few weeks and then heading into Hawaii. I'm also very excited for you and your surgery. I know this sounds that's like a weird you know, <laughs> word to use, but I think that this is going to be good. It sounds like you're ready for it and then get on that path to recovery so we can get see you back out there. How are you feeling going into surgery? I feel it's weird to have something like that, like schedule, but it's not something where I need to perform well, right? Like I just show up. So it, it is weird in that sense. Um, but if there's one thing about our lifestyle, it's good at like having some, a big thing and then like getting everything you need to do ready for that big thing. Right. So I do feel like prepared and ready and all of the things. Um, and what are you preparing? I, are you preparing like meals and stuff for once you're out or like, like, how to crutch around making your house a little more accessible. Yes. Yes. So my mom is coming in to help with that, like initial short-term um, thing, because Matt is the following week, like one week after is racing us adventure racing national. So he's going to be gone for a few days. So my mom is coming in to like help through kind of that time frame. And so we are, we're going to like grocery shop. We're going to meal prep. We're going to, um, I ordered like pads for the crutches because like it's fine when you're on them for a day or two but allegedly when you're on them for six weeks like they start to you know you want extra cushion and I got like 
a pocket thing that you hang on the crutch so that like I can carry my cell phone or a water bottle, right? Or, like all that setting. I will set up um, a bed in our living room um, because at least right away, I think our stairs are not super treacherous, but kind of treacherous. I think in those beginning stages, it'll be nice just to like be on the floor with the shower, the bathroom, all of that. Um, what else am I preparing? I'll have to like train my mom with the dogs a little bit. <laughs> get her used to some of those duties and things like that. But um, yeah, mostly just like lining up some books to read, shows to watch, things like that. And um, I don't know, maybe mentally preparing too. I think to just like be restful, which is not something I necessarily usually am. But um, I do have to say that like, after over a decade in endurance sports, where that was such a high priority, and I put it, you know, a lot of other things, you know, this, like a lot of other things happen that you're like, Oh, that would be fun to do. But like, I can't right now. Right. So it's like trying to brainstorm what those things are and like doing some of that finally. Right. Like, I think I'm going to have a long list, right. Of things that should keep me busy for quite a while. Um, so yeah, we'll see, but thank you. And I will be eager to be here next week and let everyone know, hopefully a good success story that we're on the other side. And I'm, you know, one day forward, one day at a time on the mend. I'm pulling for you. And just remember, even while you feel like you're resting, your body's working hard. And so make sure you're, you know, keeping that in mind, uh, healing is hard work. And so I, I, I think things are going to go well for you though. sounds like you're ready and you know, yeah, I can't wait to talk with you next week and hear how it all went. Thanks, Haley. Enjoy the Kona bubble. Talk to you next week. You've been listening to the Iron Women podcast hosted by Haley Chura and Alyssa Gadeski. Iron Women is a production of Feisty Media and is edited by Lydia Russell and produced by Ellen Atitian. Head to livefeisty.com to find more podcasts, stories, and fresh perspectives. Thanks for listening.